0: excited sitting here at my piano on Easter Sunday to talk about an experience I had last week that illustrates how member missionary work happens with me. Um, I am in with this COVID-19 situation I'm in an essential business it's the trash removal, junk removal, recycling business. And about a month ago a lady in Chicago, West Chicago found us on the web and contacted me and paid for us in advance to come and clean out her home after she moved out of the area. Um, So I was in Chicago last week which I wasn't quite sure how this was going to work uh, from a business perspective and there were a bunch of things that could go wrong with all the COVID-19 concerns and the fact that Illinois was one of the first three states to put a, a governor's executive order in place for a stay at home order. But everything worked out just fine. Um, my flight to Chicago was only $17 on Spirit Airlines. I uh, took a lift ride to the air or to the um, Home Depot, it's about which was only about three miles from the house. I rented a truck there, drove over to the house um, in a period of two days loaded up a 16 foot Um, Penske rental truck three times and unloaded it about eight and a half miles away three times and then took a lift ride back to the airport and caught a flight on United back to Baltimore for $30. The flights each time only had about 20 people on them out of maybe 160 or so seats that were available. So you wouldn't think in that kind of an experience that any kind of member missionary work would be done, but when I'm sitting uh, after the job was all done, I remember as I was driving this truck back and forth to empty it, the thought that was in my mind was I can't wait to just be done with the job, have the truck turned back in, get back to the airport, and just have some extra time to just lie down on some seats at, in the airport and just smile over the fact that I got this job done. Well. That's exactly what happened. On the second day, I got back to the airport at about noon. My flight wasn't until 6. And so I grabbed something at McDonald's there at the airport and then just lied down on some seats and kind of took a nap and just kind of smiled over the fact that I got this job done. Well, about an hour after I had sat down there, um, African-American gentleman, maybe 20 years old, kind of a hefty, stocky, looked like a pretty strong guy, came over and just happened to sit down across the little aisle from me. And of all the places there with very little people in the airport, there's lots of places to sit down. I kind of wondered at first why he would come and sit down by somebody else or at least anywhere near somebody else. But that's what he chose to do, and that's fine. He didn't have a backpack or a briefcase or anything with him. He was dressed very simply. He had a folder that looked like it had... uh, pretty much been maxed out with stuff inside the folder. He wasn't eating anything, he was just by himself. And after sitting there across from me as I'm kind of taking a nap and rolling over back and forth, after about an hour, he just asked me out of the blue, he said, said, excuse me, sir, could I use your phone to make a phone call? He said, I just got out of prison yesterday and I need to call my grandmother down in Mississippi to have her pick me up at the airport tonight. Now, my first thought was, thats I'm not sure that's legit, and that's kind of like way out of left field that this would be happening. And I don't want to just you know, give my iPhone to a stranger, and, and so I wasn't quite sure how to respond at first. But what I said was, um, I'll tell you what, is there somebody you want me to call, and I'll call him for you, and then you can talk to me. He goes, yeah, and he just rattled off his grandmother's phone number. So I called his grandma. Uh, made the connection and then handed the phone to him and he talked to her and they made arrangements and he was very appreciative. And about 10 minutes later, my phone rang from an Illinois address and it was the parole officer for the guy that I was talking to calling, who got my number from this guy's grandmother, calling me to ask if he could talk to this kid again and thanking me for picking up the phone and making the connection. So I said, sure. So I handed him the phone again and talked to the parole officer. Everything went fine. They hung up, and this, this nice guy thanked me again for letting me use his phone. And then about five minutes later, I got another call from the same Illinois number, the parole officer this time calling to thank me personally, somewhat profusely, for being there to make this connection, because this kid was supposed to go home um, by Amtrak and somebody screwed up and didn't get his ticket so he had to fly so now he's going from from Chicago to Houston and then I think to Jackson Mississippi so he can get home and the parole officer needed to verify that the guy had his ticket that he had some ID that he was gonna be able to get home safely and this this nice officer from from the state of Illinois I guess was just very appreciative that I would let this kid use my phone. About that time, his flight called, you know, for the passengers to get in line and get on board. And he did this, this kid was the last kid to board the plane. He thanked me again, two or three times um, for letting him use my phone and for making helping to make these arrangements. And then he disappeared, got on the plane. And I'm sure everything worked out fine after that. Now, after he left, I just had the thought that I ought to call this parole officer back and see if I can get an address for this kid or some way to contact him and just send him some stuff that would help him move forward in his life. I He asked me before he got on the plane, he said, he said hey, would you mind taking a look at this and tell me if you think this is good? And he pulled out a certificate for what I think said a pre- journeyman plumber, and he said, do you think this will help me get a job when I get back to Mississippi, and I said, well, sure, anything you've got that shows some skills that you have will help you, yes, just take what you've got, whatever it is, have faith, and go for it and see what you can do, and the other thing I told him was, I said, don't look back, you know, your life's not about what's happened in the past, that's behind you, it's done, there's nothing you can do about it. Your life now is about looking forward and moving forward and doing what you want to do with the rest of your life. So don't look back. Just look forward and keep moving forward. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up on that thought that I had. I'm going to call this um, parole officer, see if I can get him on the phone, and see if I can get an address for this gentleman down in Mississippi. And then I'm just going to put together a little care package for him that would include some snacks probably a copy of the paperback copy of the Bible, a paperback copy of the Book of Mormon, one of my restoration cards, and he'll then have information on how he can get a hold of me and send it off. Normally, in these member missionary experiences I have, I really don't do much follow-up work because it all happens kind of live at the time that it happens. In this case, it's more of a follow-up situation, and I'm excited to do that and see if this can turn into something... Um, fruitful and uh, plentiful for both of us. The point is really simple you never know when opportunities are going to surface and there's no way you can prepare for them so don't worry about preparing for them. Just be sensitive and be an observer and see what you can do to help somebody out with their particular situation and I think things will work out well for you.